Taste of Country Nights with your host, Sam Alex. Did you have snow in Northern California where you grew up? Not where I grew up, but like an hour away from where I grew up. You know, like that was the beauty of Northern California is you could be like... You can take a seat if you want. You or we can stand. Like, want to oh. stand? Let's actually, rustle. you know what? I might stand, actually. Is that okay? It's all good. Can we? Good to flex our guns. Can we do that? So wait, where did you grow up specifically outside Sacramento? Uh, I grew up in a town called Orangeville. And uh, it's outside of Sacramento. It's kind of like the more rural part of of Northern California. And But the beautiful thing about Northern California is that you can go an hour to the city or you can go an hour to the ocean or you can go an hour to the redwoods or you can go an hour to the mountains. It's all kind of like right there. So where I didn't have snow in my actual town, I could get to it easily. So it was a good, I could choose what I wanted, you know? So where do you go on a first date? There's so many options. Oh my gosh, dude. I don't know if I would take a girl to the mountains on a first date. Maybe the second date. Um, dude, I'm a, I'm an old fashioned kind of guy, man. I'll go to dinner, you know, and maybe finish with a glass of wine at the house if it's going well and, you know, share some music and stuff. But yeah. So, what's the nearest place to ski by where you grew up? Um, there's uh, you have the uh, you have Lake Tahoe and you have like kind of Reno area all there. So there's like Heavenly, which is one of the big, biggest resorts. Boreal, um, but I'm not much of a skier, dude. Like <laughs> I'll snowboard, but the thought of my legs being separated like just scares me. You know, for my for my manhood, we'll go there. We'll just we'll leave it there. <laughs> so, do you live in a house now in Nashville? Like, did you have to shovel? Your driveway because the issue is no one owns a shovel. I yeah, I know, right? Uh, I do live. I live in East Nashville, and um, honestly, my driveway was pretty snowy, but it wasn't that bad. Like I could still drive on it, um, and everything. I mean, they plowed the like the main roads, you know what I mean? But all the side roads are pretty like compacted ice right now. Um, but we, I mean, dude, I think we all freak out in Nashville because it's like once or twice, right. or maybe three times a year that we get mm. snow, and we don't know how to deal with it because it's not really here, and everyone sucks at driving in it, but <laughs> if you just drive slow and, and you pump your brakes if you're sliding and yeah. don't be overconfident and don't be an idiot, like you'll be fine. Like, I'm always hearing us about uh, hearing about this East Nashville. We just had Mary Morris on the show, yeah, and you know you toured with her last year. Yeah. She told me she lives in East Nashville. Do you have, are you neighbors with her? Do you have any famous neighbors? Um, dude, all of my friends are over there, man. It's crazy. Um, Dan and Shay are like my neighbors right now, and I'm always over there hanging out with Dan. Um, but they don't live together. Dan Smyers. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone lives in East Nashville. That's kind of like the hipper, cooler kind of Brooklyn of New York, kind of of Nashville, you know. Um, but yeah, everybody lives over there. I feel like I don't have to cross the river if I don't want to, if I don't want to, you know, if I want to just write over there one day or if I want to jam or do whatever over there, it's just a really cool part of town that's kind of coming up and there's a lot of culture over there. And, um, I just, I love it over there, man. Everyone who's ever toured or worked with Miranda Lambert always tells me she convinced me to adopt this dog. Yeah. Is that the case when you go to Dan's house? Cause oh him and Abby gosh. are all for that too. See, like, I wish I could have a dog right now. Like I grew up with animals and, um, and I, I kind of get my rocks out when I'm there. Like I, I, I reap the benefits of their animals without having to clean up the poop. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I, honestly, like I'm gone so much that it's not a great, like I'm a, if you have an animal, you should have a forever animal. You shouldn't have it just for a couple of days or whatever, like right. a couple of months or a year or whatever. And I want to be able to take care of it and give it the life it deserves. And for me being on the road so much right now, I just wouldn't be able to do that. Um, one day I hope to have the resources where I can take it, take it on the road and take mm-hmm. care of it. Um, but until that happens, I'll just, uh, I'll live vicariously through my other people's dogs. It's Re- like children. Like I love children. I just love other people's children. I'm not ready for kids yet. You want to babysit mine? I have a nine week old. Gosh, yeah, Hank. maybe, uh, maybe, maybe when, maybe I'll come over and we'll uh, we'll hang out and I can. Uh, I mean, I love kids, man. I really do. Congratulations on Dark Horse. Thank Your you. Your album is out. It's to out. The people. It is real. It is tangible. You can hold it. You can share it. You can buy it. You can love it. You can steal it. You can hate it. Whatever you want to do, man. It's <laughs> well, just don't out. steal it. Buy it. I mean, honestly, man, like. 
you know, buy it. But I just, I'm just, I just want people to hear it, man. I'm excited for it to be out uh, and have the whole project out and the whole story out. Like, you know, we've been talking about having All On Me as the single for so long. And I just like, I'm so thankful for the run that that song has and that it will continue to have. But it's just, like I said, nice to have the whole story out now. Is every lyric in the song Dark Horse true? Because you smile. Why are you saying in the lyrics you don't smile? I say that I don't smile in pictures. Uh, every every lyric in the whole record is true. Every every lyric in the whole album is true. Um, or at least, you know, I've experienced it in my own way or we all have in some way. But that song, I mean, I wrote that with two of my best friends. And it's not like I came into the room with like an idea like, man, I want to write a song about me and I don't smile in pictures. Like it just, it's one of those things where you kind of like have to write it with a co-writer who knows you really well. Because they kind of brought that up, that lineup. And I was like, I guess you're right. Like I totally do that. Like, and it's not that I'm not smiling. It's just that my smile is somewhat of a soft smile. Like that's my smile. On your Instagram, you know? there's some there's some that are smiling. Yeah, so I just I'm not a I'm not a big like cheesy smile kind of guy. Like I'm just a just thankful to be here and smiling kind of guy. Brad you know? Paisley does the same thing. Does like, he? It, okay. It's good to be you. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one. Uh, but it's funny because now that that's kind of become a, a lyric that um, people gravitate towards in a way. Uh, like when I do meet and greets after the shows or before, people are like, "Can you smile on this one, please?" And I'm like, "Sweetheart, this is my smile. Like this is how I smile." You know. <laughs> Um, so it's always fun to kind of joke about that. I think my favorite song, Asking for a Friend. Thank you, man. I love the sound. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's interesting because it's a, it's, when you talk about tempo, it's got a high tempo, but the chill factor is totally like, is in that. Like, it's got this really easy feeling sound to it. Like you kind of described a conversational thing in a way, because it's really just a story of a conversation, uh, between this guy trying to, um, trying to get his girl back, you know, at the, at the heart of it. Um, but that song is such a lyrical, like forward song. And I'm such a, a word guy that I just am really proud of, of, of how that song came out and, um, how the underlying songwriting part of it kind of sits within that record that we did within that recording. Um, it's one of my favorites. Have you ever been in the Sutler Saloon in Nashville? I have. I mean, yeah. I feel like, have you been in the basement? Yeah. I feel like your music video should be that's shot That's where there. you see it. Honestly, that's weird that I see it is just kind of like, pipe. it is kind of like this dark lit kind of like chill basement bar kind of thing where maybe she's sitting there and he walks up and if we do a music video for that i was thinking like i want to do something different though like maybe i'm not the guy maybe i'm maybe you do the stapleton thing where i'm the bartender thanks for being on the show of course we love playing all on me on taste of country nights man it is a it's like i said it's crazy to see that light or that song kind of take a life of its own it's feel it's weird i don't feel like i wrote it anymore like i feel like when i go into it i just feels like a song that it just it's got its own life and it's cool to it's about to cross top 10 and i'm just very very thankful for all the belief and the support that country radio has shown and that you guys have shown and it's just man it's a great time to be alive you yeah. can do the garth brooks thing you can take a step back at your shows and the people sing it for you dude that is a real thing we actually started playing the song different because of that like people would sing the last chorus so loud that in, <laughs> like on the recording we go into it like really heavy like oh me got my number you can call you know and then when we do it live, we kind of let we kind of let the people sing it, and we just break down that chorus, yeah. and kind of just do drums and like a little bit of acoustic, and it's just oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite moments of the whole night. Go see Devin on the road this year. Can't wait to see what, what prank you do to Brett Eldridge. Oh my gosh, Think of something. Did you see the prank I did to Michael Ray? No. So we were we just finished uh, the we were on his um, his tour at the end of the year, uh, the Get to You tour, and that dude is a prankster. So I was scared. <laughs> I was like, we got to do something, man. And so we bought. Like, I think we bought over 400 ping pong balls 
and we wrote the entire band and crew's numbers, phone numbers on them, and then we put MR, like, so people would think, because I couldn't really bring myself to put his phone number on him, you know? And then during the last song, we, like, threw them all over them and threw them out in the crowd, so there's, like, 500 ping pong balls just <laughs> bouncing around the shows with all of their phone numbers on them, and people were, like, FaceTiming and calling and, like, the whole night thinking it was Michael Ray. It was, awesome. it was amazing. I, I was very proud of that one, so...